Bills Mafia, what is up? And welcome into the Halftime Adjustments Podcast. My name is Charlie Gross. I am your host. You can find me on Twitter at Charlie underscore Gross underscore. We are part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. And today I have a awesome guest for you guys, Cody Manning from the Colts Wire, as well as one of the co-authors of the Prospect Encyclopedia. If you don't know what that is... You're going to find out right now, and once you do, I encourage you to order it. It's a great publication put out by some really good guys. Uh, They do a great job of breaking down and scouting young players on rosters, kind of the, the middle to back of the roster guys, and me and Cody will get more into that as the episode continues. Uh, Please, if you're on Apple, please like, subscribe, uh, you know, tell a friend, about the podcast listen to all the other podcasts on the podcast network we've got a lot of talent here please check out the youtube channel i do a show every friday with my co-host izzy there's all kinds of other content on the youtube channel as well check out the built in buffalo facebook page and with that said let's get right into my conversation with cody manning bills mafia what is up and as promised i have a very special guest today one of the authors of something really awesome called the Prospect Encyclopedia. I have Cody Manning on with me today. You can find him on Twitter at Cody Talks NFL. He's a contributor for the Colts Wire, and he also did the Bills section of this Prospect Encyclopedia. Cody, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing pretty good. We're getting so close to the season. I'm just wanting it to start. I hope these next two weeks uh, breeze by, but I'm always down to talk uh football especially the bills oh yeah that's great to hear because you know you're a colts guy uh but but obviously like i said you wrote the bills section of this prospect encyclopedia so before we go any farther let's just give the listeners just what is the prospect encyclopedia just an overview and then we'll get more into the uh the Bills section then we can talk some colts uh bills you know even though it's in november yeah, so to kind of give a, a general idea what what the book is, is basically you're, it covers, it has over 700 scouting reports or profiles, however you want to word it, uh, on, all, on all 32 teams. Uh, basically, they have a top 22 player list. And, and in order to crack that list, you have to be from uh, the last three NFL draft classes, uh, you have to have less than 12 regular season starts. Uh, so these are guys that range anywhere from like, obviously you got in the incoming rookie class. So like potential superstars of the league, you know, the Gregory Rousseau's uh, like for, for example, on the bills. Uh, but then you also got guys that range anywhere from like special role players. So maybe like a, you know, like a, a, a Dane Jackson that comes to my mind off the bills list. Uh, and then you got, you kind of got, you know, the, back end of the list is kind of can be like core special team guys, maybe guys on the practice squad that might get called up uh, and to help the team, you know, win a game in week, what was it? Week 16 last year, Antonio Williams, you know, he played. So you get a, you get a great variety of names that you can learn about. And then it's, and it's, it's for all 32 NFL teams. It's only $15 to get the whole PDF. Uh, Bill's fans can actually order just the bill section for just $1. But as I always say, if you, and why get, you know, one team for $1 when you get all 32 teams for 15. And uh, what's great about this edition too is um, 
Roy Countryman, the guy that created this whole thing. Uh, you can go follow him on Twitter at Preacher Boy Roy. Uh, he actually wrote up 12 reports on international players that's added. And then what was cool about last year's edition, um, we're, 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 I'm sure we're going to do the numbers again, but last year's edition, for example, uh, we had over 90% of the people that made the list were either on some type of either active roster, practice squad, uh, an, an opt out because of that whole thing last year. An IR, if they landed on IR, we counted that stuff like that, PUP list, stuff like that. So you're going to get a majority of the guys that are in the league. And then what's cool about this year um, is because obviously sometimes these guys that go on practice squads, they'll get claimed by other teams so we can make it easier for people to find their uh the players in the book there's actually an index at the end of the book that are that so if you want to like if say your favorite team acquires somebody on practice squad if you maybe want to learn about him you can go to that index and see if there's a report on him inside the book so it's something that keeps on giving throughout the season yeah it's it's super cool and um you know i was i didn't know it existed last year um, but I became aware of it. I actually, I actually know a bunch of the guys, more or less. I guess I'm using the word "no" loosely. <laughs> a bunch of the guys who who wrote a bunch of the reports. Um, you know, I used to work for Jake Ellen Bogan, so you know, so I was like, "Oh, that's cool." And this has been really interesting. And and I, I told you off air, you know, I was very aware of of your criteria, yet I still found myself looking for, um, you know, Ed Oliver. But Ed Oliver is not on this list because he started way more than than 12 games. So it's really interesting. And, and I don't want to give everything away. I, I want, you know, Bills fans or, or football fans listening to go buy it. But just so you guys have an, have an idea of who's on the list, it's obviously every single draft pick from 2021. Uh, you know, a guys like Tommy Sweeney, Gabe Davis, um, you know, Anto- Antonio Williams, Jake Fromm. Uh, think of guys like that, you know, it's not going to be Ed Oliver or, or anybody who started a bunch of games, but it's really pretty interesting. They've got great team previews here. Um, you know, best. I see the best draft picks the last five years and the worst draft picks the last five years. And I, I'm going to say I read the worst draft picks of the last five years and I was like totally on board with, with what you put on there. Completely <laughs> accurate. Um, and, and it's just great. There's a, you know, a depth chart you, you guys have included here and, and player profiles. It's, it's really, it's kind of continuing the college scouting of these sort of rising stars, um, you know, who are in the middle or, or the, the back end of, end of the roster. And I think that's just a really cool idea. Yeah. I mean, you, you actually just hit it on the head. It's like, that's what like, it's kind of like, missing you know from like you get like the post draft phrase and everything but you really don't know how that player is going to fit into the team and this is something that can provide that to you can give you an idea uh, how they're going to be utilized what you can expect in year one you know if they're going to get even if they're going to get much playing time they even maybe a little playing time and where they can contribute maybe it has to be special teams so they can make the roster yeah, sure. A guy like Bam Johnson, for instance, uh, you know, he's big controversy kind of right now in the, the Buffalo Bills fan base and con- content creation, uh, you know, because he's so good on special teams. But people wonder if they're going to keep him because he's not the best defensive end. He's certainly developing. And and so so guys like that, right, like a lot of people think that maybe they'll keep. Uh, Antonio Williams, although I think now he's got a bit of an injury because he's played special teams and definitely stuff like that. So you wrote, if I'm not mistaken, six or seven teams total, right? That was your responsibility. 
Oh, I did five teams. Uh, it's the I've, I've done these five teams back to back years now. I done the Bills. Uh, I also did my Colts, and then I did the. Um, oh, I said my. I don't want to upset anybody. <laughs> oh, oh, are we gonna? We, I'm one of the guys who 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 was was uh, policing that yesterday. So yeah. I, I'm hey. I'm sorry if I. <laughs> No, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not. I when I when I talk about the Colts, I I like to actually say yeah. it like that. Sometimes you got it's a Freudian slip at that. No, point. I yeah, yeah. I, I I wasn't trying to sound, uh, you know, godlike when when I when no, I when hey. I said that or anything like, uh, you know, people got mad, of course. Like as, hey, as everybody, people. everybody's gonna get mad. There's only, I, you're 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 gonna find one person that gets mad at everything. Yeah. At this I do it all the time too. Like I wasn't trying to say that I don't do it. I, I, I do it all the time. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so the bills, the Colts, and then I also have done the bucks and then the uh, Seahawks and the Vikings. Oh, that's, that's a, that's a pretty good mix. Um, so, so tell me about the Colts then, uh, you know, Carson Wentz, obviously, you know, they were certainly trying to rekindle that magic after certainly some reports came out, the structure of the Eagles was bizarre. And, and once Reich left, it kind of turned out that he was sort of more game planning than out of Peterson, whatever. It was a big thing, but they're trying to obviously rekindle the magic. Then he gets hurt. I saw that he came back to practice. I think yesterday, what's his timetable like? Cause I, I know, I think when they started, it was like anywhere from like four to 12 weeks. Uh, yeah, so it was the yeah it was the original timetable of five to twelve weeks uh, for him and Quinton Nelson, which is obviously a I think Quinton was the biggest scare to me and Carson. Obviously, you want a quarterback to play, and you just traded him, but that was worrisome. But when um, Frank Reich actually uh, made an appearance on Pat McAfee show, and the way he explained it, he made me feel comfortable. It was probably going to be on the shorter end. I, at the time, I was thinking maybe a week or two uh, because all they had to do was get that bone out. And then basically, as long as they didn't find anything, which they didn't find anything extra in the in the foot, it just had to heal. And they had to see where he was at, after two weeks. And the past couple of days, um, I mean, everybody can go. Twitter search uh, Carson Wentz if they want to. But based on the videos you see, he's c- making cuts on his foot. He's uh, having a good practice. I know today he connected with T.Y. Hilton on a 65-yard touchdown play. And during th- he's just doing seven-on-sevens. So what his next step from my, what I understand is after he does the seven-on-sevens, he needs to do team drills, 11-on-11s. And then they're going to see how he reacts, make sure nothing comes up uh, during that point. And then uh, what Frank Reich has been adamant about is for him to play, Frank Reich wants um, two weeks of practice with him. So if you look at the timeline between now and the season, that's over two weeks. So they haven't said it as official, but to me, it's sounding like he's going to be playing uh, week one against the Seahawks. What were your, what are your thoughts about that relationship? Um, You know, it, there were some things that were alluded to in terms of Carson and, you know, how he felt mentally about them drafting a quarterback and where, where do you see this relationship with the Colts going? Do you think it's going to sort of rejuvenate his career? Where where do you see that going? 
I, I see it meet in the middle. I'm not the well, I'm not on either side. Like I don't think he you're going to see him return to the MVP form. Now I think it's definitely possible he can play at a high level. Where at the point where you know maybe he might win the MVP because he can produce those numbers, but I don't think you're going to see him play up to that high level. That's where I'm kind of leaning at, and I'm leaning towards you're not going to see him be god awful either way. I think he's going to at least have a quality season. Um, how I always viewed it is I was definitely in the minority uh, when I knew he, his time with an end was uh, time was coming to an end in Philadelphia. I was actually wanting to take the gamble on him uh, as I didn't think we're, you know, the Colts were going to, uh, to get like a Aaron Rodgers or anything like that. So I was like, well, let's just see if Frank Wright can uh, turn around his career. And I think he's in the right spot where he's got the good relationship with the coach I think he's in an area of the country that kind of suits his personality as well, because sometimes that does, I believe, come into factor on how people will perform. And I think that's going to help out. And I think he's um, the fact that he's going to play probably as soon as Eric Fisher gets back, probably you could argue the best offensive line. He's going to have a rushing attack that he can lean on. So if he can just play efficient football and not, not have to play hero football because to me that's where his problems were last year. He's trying to just do too much, and if he can just not do too much, I think they're they're going to find success. I'm not going to say it's a Super Bowl. I'm not going to say he's going to be an MVP, but I think it's going to be lead to success, and they're going to at least compete for the playoffs this year. I'm glad you brought that up because I I'm a big fan of doing like playoff predictors and trying to to pick every game and pick team schedules and I got to tell you I'm having trouble with the Colts and the Titans I feel like both teams maybe aren't quite as good as last year but I'm really having trouble kind of figuring out where like where the Colts are going to end up you know because they're it's not necessarily a flashy team but like you said probably the best offensive line in the league a solid defense for sure, especially on the defensive line. Uh, you know, maybe not the most well-known or heralded skill position, certainly at the wide receiver, maybe. So, yeah, I I feel like it's it's a, I don't know, like a 7-11 to 11 win team. Help me out with it, if you can. Where, where do you think they they end up? Where is their trajectory? What kind of a team are they? I think right now they're basically sitting there where they, if I think you kind of take them less than uh, how I view them in the Titans is they're slightly worse to me than the Titans, just because you know what you have in Ryan Tannehill. We don't know what we, uh, we don't know what the Colts have in um, Carson Wentz. Now, if Carson Wentz can at least start to rebound his career, I lean towards, you know, they can finish anywhere between, uh, you know, even if it's like a nine and eight to like an 11 and six type of record. And the reason why I lean towards that is I think the Colts have one, uh, one heck of a defense between their deep, like you mentioned, their defensive front uh, with DeForest Buckner, you got Darius Leonard in the middle. And I think Kenny Moore is one of the more underrated cornerbacks in the league. And how I view and uh, how I view kind of the defenses is if you can have playmakers on all three levels, you're probably going to be a good defense. And then in terms of the matchups with the Titans, one thing I always point out to last year, the Colts went into Tennessee and did dominate them that Thursday night game. And then the next game, the Titans did dominate them. Derrick Henry ran all over the Colts defense, but guess who was out of the lineup because uh, he tested positive. 
it was DeForest Buckner wasn't playing. So you, if DeForest Buckner plays in both those matchups, I mean, I think if they can perform how they did last year, I don't see why they could not, you know, win the division. But it's going, it's going to come. It's simply down, coming down. I mean, it's pretty simple. It's who is Carson Wentz? Is Carson Wentz going to be what he was last year? If it was what he's last year, I can understand. Yeah, where you're at with a seven and ten record, maybe even six and eleven, with how bad Carson was last year. But if he can at least be the close to the 2019 version remember he you know he took the eagles to the playoffs he would they were playing with practice squad guys at wide receiver that year and he still took them to to win the division in the nfc east so if he can even play slightly like that i've leaned towards the nine and eight to 11 and six record okay yeah that that's where i was thinking but I, you know it was just hard for me to sort of pin that down i think probably for a lot of bills fans you know because you know they're good but it's a question of how good and and like you said most of the time it just is going to depend on the quarterback you know no, no matter how good a roster is certainly you can you can get by like i'm sure if if Josh Allen went down the bills could win a couple games with Trubisky um you know things like that but it's it's sometimes with these with these teams it, it's hard to it's hard to tell um i want to switch gears a little bit but still stay with the colts i'm a big fan of team building that kind of stuff Chris Ballard, Ballard, to me, and I think to everybody, is probably a top five GM in the league. Certainly, he seems to know the value of his assets. He makes smart moves. Um, you know, doesn't really. I don't. I don't. I don't want to say he doesn't do anything spectacular because he, he he traded. You know, for DeForest Buckner, things like that. How good is Chris Ballard? Like, what's your perception of of you know where he fits? I don't know if you want to put him in the the pantheon of current general managers but he's a pretty good general manager isn't he oh yeah 100 percent. i mean everything he does is calculated uh i mean he he sticks to his word that's one thing i like about him because when he first uh took over for the colts as a gm he said the his biggest priority is building this team inside the trenches well we're at what at year five that might be yeah i think it's year five of him being over yeah, over the roster. Look at the offensive line. You got Quentin Nelson. He did He did retain Ke- Kelly, Ryan Kelly, from the previous regime, but he did give him the contract extension. Uh, he found Mark Lewinsky, who has turned around his career at that, at that spot. And then you got Braden Smith, who just got his big payday, and he was a nice find in the second round. And then you go to the opposite side. Like you mentioned, he traded for DeForest Buckner, uh, one of the, I think a guy that should, deserves more recognition is Grover Stewart. He found him in his first draft and I believe the fourth round. And then uh, you got, we'll have to see how Quiddy play performs. Now that's where I kind of need to see is the edge rushers, but he did bring in guys like um, Justin Houston. He brought in guys like Danico Autry. So he's also found quality veterans that weren't like, you know, big names on the market. That has uh, that have also came in as uh, contributors as well. So, I think he's a he's a great drafter that doesn't overspend in free agency, but will go get guys. We'll, we'll find guys that can make the roster and help win games. So that's what I really am impressed about by him. Right. I think you know we here in Buffalo. That's that might have been as much as we love Brandon Bean, and I think he's probably he's no doubt he's a top five GM as well. Certainly his, you know, lack of, I don't want to say lack of commitment to the trenches, but 
it's certainly something that they seem to have pushed off and tried some band-aids on and made some mistakes with, um, you know, I don't consider Wyatt Teller a mistake. He wasn't going to make the roster at that time anyway, but certainly they've, they've tried to sort of bargain basement it certainly on the interior um, at the guard positions, but not this year. I mean, they made a concerted effort with, with, you know, three offensive linemen, two edge rushers. And then if you, you know, you go back and, and you got Cody Ford at Oliver, they have, and they made a huge investment this year. And I think in a way like that was their, their biggest weakness as far as the bills go. You know, they, you mentioned in here that the chiefs are still the team to beat, which I, which I agree with. I think our eyes on the chiefs and they looked at the game against Tampa and the chiefs. And they said, the one thing we don't, we don't do well that we need to do well, not just now, but in the future is, you know, being able to block and keep Josh free, but also to get after Pat Mahomes. And there was a definitely a concerted effort on Brandon Bean's part to rectify that, that if you want to call the mistake on his part um, in this draft, for sure. Oh yeah. That's, I really liked your guy, uh, the bills uh, draft class. So like, like you said, the additions of Greg Rousseau and then Boogie Basham. And then I like, I, I like to see uh, AJ Epinesa take a year two uh, jump. Like you, you have so many, uh, even with Mario Addison and Jerry Hughes, there's this like, you could just keep all everybody fresh and just keep on attacking quarterbacks. And especially like with your, with the uh, Buffalo offense, like they're going to put up points. So when you, when the, they can get up, uh, 14, nothing, get up two touchdowns early. You have the perfect guys to like, just like, I remember the early Colts days, Robert Mathis, and, you know, Dwight Freeney, you know, what made them great is Peyton would get the team ahead of so many, with so many points that those guys didn't have to worry about the rushing attack. They just had to pin their ears back and get after the quarterback. And you, and I like the rotation and especially cause you got Ed Oliver in the middle too, that can disrupt the pocket from, so there, I, I, I believe there's a, a variety of ways that um, McDermott and Frazier can come up with uh, different different schemes and exotic packages to get after the quarterback in third passing situations. And then the one guy I really like, though, speaking of the offensive line, is Spencer Brown. Like I think that's a guy that by year two he's going to push for playing time, and they're going to have to figure out what they want to do with like Daryl Williams and his future. Yeah, and people are already talking talking about that here in in the Western New York area. It's already like, well, maybe we can. I'm like, guys, it's been it's been like two preseason games. Let's let's slow down a little bit. Uh, looking at these these young players here who are in the prospect encyclopedia. Obviously, the Bills are a top, I don't know, four or five team in the NFL. What's your view on these players? Uh, obviously, they're not all going to develop. They're not all going to reach their ceilings. But what, what's your feelings on, on this this set of of uh, you know twenty two guys from the Bills and and what the Bills' future looks like? Um, you know, maybe if half of them do what what the, what fans want them to do in terms of development. Well, I have already kind of mentioned the three. You know, this to start with, I'll knock that off. Like is Russo, Basham Jr., and AJ Epinesa. If those guys can hit their ceilings, I mean, you got a you got a trio of guys that you can utilize, and I think I think Epinesa and Russo are versatile, where you can kick them inside on certain situations, uh, and I think that's going to help your defensive front uh, for at least the next five years. I mean, obviously, if they all hit their ceilings, one of them may have to leave 
when it comes down to paying players. Right. But you got you gotta you gotta like that the fact that they're from the last two draft classes. You're you already paid Josh too, so you don't have to worry about like that type of situation. So you're going to be able to play out their rookie contracts, and they're going to be contributors uh, for at least the next uh, few years. Uh, Gabe Davis, I had somebody like he was on the list last year, and I thought he could be a quality, you know, wide receiver two or three on our roster, and I was so surprised he was an immediate contributor and i think he's he can take i think he's going to you know i don't think he's going to like take like a huge step but i think he's he's gonna be a nice guy to have in the rotation especially since um uh dayball likes to go to those four wide receiver sets so that's a name to watch obviously Everybody likes Zach Moss, but as you you probably read in my report for him, his biggest question, like going back to his college days, is durability. But if he can ever just you know stay healthy, I think he can be a quality uh, back to have that can eventually take the rushing load. But I also do like Devin Singletary too and what he brings. Um, and some other guys, I mean Marquez Stevenson, I think that's a guy to watch. I know he's had a good decent preseason for Buffalo, and then I know I think isn't you may know better than me isn't isaiah mckenzie going to be a free agent after this year yeah he's on a one-year contract like levi wallace is on a one-year contract um so yeah i don't don't, yeah that it's interesting what's um you know what the future holds for isaiah because he's he's so versatile and he can do kind of so many different things so i think your point is is stevenson the answer when you know, McKenzie, <laughs> they don't bring him back next year if they don't want to bring him back. Yeah, that's what I was pointing at. It's like, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts to get a bigger role uh, towards the end of the season. That's what, uh, that's one thing to pay attention, you know, definitely with guys that are entering contract year. And then obviously, you know, with Levi Wallace and one one of the guys that was, he was my number five prospect last year for Buffalo, uh, Teron Johnson. I like as a nickel cornerback and he's about, he's set to be a free agent if, uh, if uh, Buffalo doesn't work an extension with him. So you got to wonder if maybe a wild goose or a Dane Jackson can maybe kick inside and replace him. But I really like what Teron Johnson brings. So I think uh, if they can, they, I think it, it, it served Buffalo right to keep his services. For the future yeah. and certainly up and down for him. I mean, he was benched at the beginning of the year for Cam Lewis. Cam Lewis gets hurt. Johnson comes back into the lineup and who knows what happens if Cam Lewis is in there. But if, if you know, Johnson has that interception against the Ravens in the playoffs, um, you know, I mean, who knows what happens if Cam Lewis is in there? So, you know, Johnson, I think, is a guy for Bills fans who. You, you weren't sure about it. it. It was up and down, up and down, but. Now, as you, to your point, I feel like that's a guy who I think most fans want a second contract given to. And as, as far as Levi goes, I, you know, Bills fans, I think, have just been praying for, you know, cornerback two for so long. And now I think we're at the point where we realize that they're just they don't care. I, I don't want to say they don't care, but they're not going to draft a guy in the first round. <laughs> they're just not, you, you know, they're, they're going to just go with Dane Jackson maybe next year or sign Levi again to a, to a, a short contract. And so I, well, one I think, thing that can help that one thing that can help that spot out and help it with, with it being a weaker point is if these young uh, edge rushers can get after the quarterback. So that's what they may be betting on this year. Right. And I think that was the plan. I think that's kind of the McDermott thing on defense is it, it, you, you can have, one good corner and one not so great corner. And 
we're going to help out the not so great guy because with our, our pass rush is just so good. It won't even matter. And I, I think that's what they've been trying to do now for years. I, I think. So let's get into some bills Colts. I know it's, it's, it's almost three months away to the day. So who knows what's going to happen? Injuries happen. Uh, things happen. Who knows? What are your, just some, some, just your general thoughts um, on the game, I guess, provided at this point, we can only assume that, every, that everyone's healthy. Well, it's going to definitely be an exciting game to watch. It's definitely uh, one of those ones. I believe uh, I did a Yeah, that's right. I did do a, um, a top five games of the, of the schedule for Colts Wire, and I listed that game because it's a revenge game for the Colts. Buffalo knocked them out of the playoffs. So uh, even though Phillip Rivers isn't the quarterback, there, there are plenty of guys on that roster that probably have a bad taste in their mouth. Uh, from that and what I think though for that game because by then uh, by the time the I think I'm all I say I actually mentioned this in the article is by that point you know I believe Buffalo is like you know there's the Chiefs and then there's Buffalo right second best team in the AFC in my opinion if and uh, so when the Colts get to that game Assuming they're on the positive side, they're pushing for the playoffs. The team, the season's not in turmoil. Like Wentz hasn't been a complete disaster. Assuming they're pushing for the playoff spot, that's a litmus test for the Colts. I think that's going to show them if they are a legitimate playoff team or if they're just a pretender. And if even if they make the playoffs, they're probably not going to do much. And then for Buffalo, uh, if assuming the Colts, you know, are pushing for the playoffs. That's going to just be like a you know another notch on their power ranking belt as far as uh, you know if they're a top of upper team of the AFC and they can handle a team that maybe might push them when they have a potential rematch down the line, and I, I it's going to definitely play a factor in as far as you know obviously I think the biggest thing buff for Buffalo this year is getting the number one seed. Not only you get the buy. But the, every team has to come up to Bill's Mafia up there in the cold New York weather during that time of the year. So uh, if the Colts are maybe in the potential, you know, winning their division, they're going to need that game over the Colts to make sure they can hold, uh, get that number one seed. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I don't think the team will look at it this way, but I think the fans will. I think the fans are overlooking that game. I think it's kind of a trap game for the fans. Because the, the fans, I think, you know, know the Colts are, are good or or at least above average, but they're not really sure what the Colts are. You know, Carson Wentz kind of has this, OK, he's not good anymore thing. And I think a lot of fans are just going to assume, oh, you know, no problem. We'll beat the Colts. But in reality, the Bills almost didn't beat them in the playoffs. That was a very tough game. I don't think Josh. Pl- I think Josh played good, but not great. So I think it's going to be a very tough game, and I think it's certainly one of the games. I think there's about eight games on the Bills' schedule that are potentially losable. Not, I don't think they're going to lose all eight, but I certainly think the Colts are, are a team that could beat the Bills. Um, and I, I don't think the, the the Mafia is maybe giving the Colts enough credit, at least right now, uh, at, at the end of August. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right, because it came down to what? I think Philip Rivers barely missed Michael Pittman Jr. in the yeah, end zone. And so, it yeah. could have been a, yeah, it could have been a been a big upset. And yeah, I mean that I mean that the teams that and that's the thing too. Like the teams remember, like I mentioned. So like guys like Darius Leonard, you know, he's gonna hold he's gonna remember that loss. So like he's gonna remind the Colts about that loss last year. So I definitely think like 
even if like the Colts are a middle of the pack team, I think that's a day they elevate their play and they really come strong. Yeah. And, and, and quickly to uh, Darius Leonard, I, I think that, that the Colts have done an op- just great job of protecting him. I, I think he said he was playing at 220 last year, which is crazy kind of for, yeah. for the, cause, cause you know, Tremaine Edmonds is 255 or whatever, and, and basically plays the same position. And I think the Colts is, if you're a Bills fan and you're looking to see, um, I know, I know we think that Tremaine has a couple small deficiencies in terms of reading the play, uh, you know, hitting the hole, that kind of stuff. But if you want to see what the Bills should be doing, with you know in terms of protect protecting Edmonds just look to the Colts and see how they protect Leonard just a masterful job of uh you know Ballard and Reich of of letting him you know be the player he can be yeah and I think Tremaine I'm a big believer in Tremaine Edmonds he's just you know he's just he was a young guy well he came in at 19 yes so yeah he's still learning a lot just about playing football and I think he's set to have a huge year he was a uh, I think he was my linebacker too. Whenever I was doing the scouting that year, I, I had I had Darius at linebacker five, but I was actually higher on uh, Tremaine Edmonds, and I think he is going to have a huge season for him. I mean, I think you probably, I, I'm sure you and Bills Mafia know, like you know, Luke Quickly was just re, re, recently working with him, and I think he's 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 doing right by picking the brain of smart guys that play the position. So uh, I expect a big year uh, for Tremaine. Yeah, it, it's been sort of uh, Buffalo Bills Legends Week at training camp. They had uh, uh, Lorenzo Alexander last week. They had, well, I guess Sean McDermott legend. Uh, you know, Keekley was there. And then Bruce Smith apparently was there either uh, this morning or yesterday. So, so great to see that. Um, Cody, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, before you get out of here, please let the people know where they can find your work. I know you also, I think, have a YouTube channel in addition to your to your other stuff. Yeah, so uh, this year I'm kind of keeping the, the content a little bit lighter than normal, but I'm, I'm still going to be pumping things out through uh, Colts Wire. Uh, that's where you can find all my Colts-related content. And then I am have I just recently started up my YouTube channel. I am about to wrap up my team season previews. I'm actually going to be doing the bills tomorrow. So that will be coming out. So bills mafia, go check that out. And then uh, I will be just continuing to pump. Like it's, it's basically my plan as of right now for the season is NFL season related content, maybe a little with a little bit of a twist of fantasy football during the season. And then you can see uh, I'll probably maybe do more draft related content as well, but that's where you can find me for the time being, or just give me a follow at Cody talks NFL on Twitter. Well, once again, I really appreciate uh, you doing this. And certainly when the, uh, you know, the main draft season rolls around, I'd love to have you on again. Yeah, definitely. And we want to hop on when the Colts bills play, uh, just hit me up. And I forgot the plug plug, by the way, the prospect encyclopedia, you can go buy it at prospectencyclopedia.com. Just as a reminder. Thanks, Cody. Thank you. I'd like to thank Cody for coming on the podcast again. Great time talking to him. Check out his work on his YouTube channel, on the Colts Wire. Please, guys, check out the Prospect Encyclopedia. A lot of hard work went into it uh, from, you know, five or six, seven guys that I know that are just, like, really great content creators. So please check that out. Again, please check out all the stuff that Built in Buffalo has to offer, whether it's on the YouTube channel, the fan shop, the podcast network. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook 
And of course, I'm going to leave you with this piece of advice. Find a way to embrace your growth mindset. And as always, trust the process. Trust the process.